1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 2.35 in Buffalo, 12.35 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer and Cody Jansen with you today. Guests on the show receive guest certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Tell Brendan... Crescent Taylor that Oilers now sent you. Without further ado, for GCL Diesel, we'll head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. We welcome back to the show NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst, Louis DeBras. Hello, Louis. How are you? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well today. How are you doing? How's Buffalo? Uh, Well, as well as we got in uh, at about uh, 1.35 in the morning. Uh, No skate today. And uh, we'll, we'll get. You know what? It's it's beautiful here today in Buffalo. We'll get to nice. the back-to-back thing in a second. But first, and uh, obviously, I didn't get a chance to watch your guys's uh, broadcast last night. Uh, I do uh, PVR them I and watch them at home after uh, I get back from doing uh, the home games. Um, I, I know that Jack was communi- communicating during the course of last night to me. I'm just wondering: Were you exasperated at all? In, in stretches of the game with what you were seeing with the officiating, number one, and because uh, I was, and number two, were you surprised that Dave Tippett didn't dance around it in the post-game availability? Not surprised at all. I think if you look at his face, he's pretty
1: frustrated with the whole deal, and <clears throat> rightfully so, to be honest with you. Bob, we mentioned it last night. Mac, Craig McTavish talked about it at large during the intermission break it's just ridiculous I mean I just don't understand how the best player in the game can have the puck on a stick winding up the ice and get taken down multiple times in the last two games and there not be a penalty on the play there's just no excuse for it sorry it's just to me it's just missed calls that are blatant and Last time I looked, you're not allowed to put your skates in someone's skates and take them down when they have the puck that's called tripping, and he gets tripped almost every game and literally should probably be drawing a penalty every game. I don't know what it is, but there's certainly something there, and it's embarrassment to league right now. It is. I'm sorry. It's when your top player in the game, the best player in the game, can't draw a penalty on a routine penalty call. There's something wrong with the system. So... We're going to keep talking about it. I'm done trying to sugarcoat this, so I'm just going to keep talking about it. And every single time we see a miss call on him, I'm going to continue to talk about it. Maybe they'll open up their ears and get the message across that they need to start tightening up on those calls. It's part of the game. And listen, Connor, as usual, just you know, went about his business, had a great game. They 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 flourished and won the game against Boston in a tough building to play. But each and every time it happens, you can see him look back like. Are you serious? Like, are you not going to call that? And listen, there's missed calls both ways, Bob. I'm not going to say that Edmonton, you know, I didn't necessarily. Sure, Hyman, like both Hyman on in one of the to, that was. A, I, I got to tell you, yeah. I hated both calls on Cuckoo last night. One on my kid. I don't think it was a hold, personally. And I didn't like the fact that he got called for a tripping on Brad Marchand when he's the one that spun and tripped himself over his leg that didn't move. Yes. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's an offensive. Well, here's the thing, though. That's a KG veteran in Brad Marchand that drew two penalties in that regard. One on dry settle right out of the gates and one on cuckoo later on in the game. And he got both of those calls. So that's the type of officiating that Edmonton is hoping for. They're not asking for anything special. They're just asking for the referees to call what happens in the game, and they'll take their medicine when it is them taking the penalties. But they certainly, just because they have the top power play in the league, there's no way that they should be handicapped on power plays. They should have had at least five more, well, three to four more power plays in the last two games, which could have been a huge difference in Detroit and could have made it easier in Boston.
0: Well, it's funny you mention it uh, because Dave Tippett's comments after the game, talking about that initial call against Drysaddle, and I looked at Cam immediately and I said, "All right, if that's going to be the standard, then it better be both ways." And sure enough, it wasn't the standard as the period went on. Uh, yeah, you, you know, know and- Bergeron got a. But, uh, I, I wouldn't say it was a dirty like it was, you know, got a little bit of a stick infraction in that tripped Hyman on the two-one goal for Boston, and then the the double trip on McDavid. They could have called four penalties against uh, McDavid last night. <laughs>
1: well, you know, I, and I kind of resist in saying five, six, but you know what? Listen, just look at the clutching and grabbing. You know, and I mean, it's just, it's incredible what teams get away with trying to slow him down. He's getting punished for being that fast, that skilled, that good of a player. And I just, I've never understood that myself. I don't know what he's done because I don't think he's done anything to really piss off the league or the officials. I'm not understanding it. He's been very upfront and he's been pretty professional with his approach and talking about it. He did come out the one time, which maybe it's time to come out and lose it. Maybe it's time to come out for Connor McDavid and absolutely blow a gasket and say, until I break another Bone? Are they going to stop calling penalties on me? Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. When he's going that fast, there's nowhere else for him to go but into the goaltender, or into a wall. He's been brave his entire career and he's courageous to drive to the net the way he does, which I don't think he gets enough credit for being that skilled and that fast. But you still have to understand that you are going to get taken down sometimes driving that hard to the net. And it's never, ever, made him slow down or not do that which you have to admire in the best player in the game
0: but come on he's got to get more calls let's just say that All right, so uh, a couple things. Uh, Jack Edwards was at the morning skate yesterday in uh, the Oilers' morning skate in Boston. And I mentioned to him that, you know, Connor, you know, people forget in the Winnipeg series uh, two things. One, Hallibuck put up a 9.50 save percentage. So they got an out-of-the-world goaltending performance from their goalie, and Edmonton lost three overtime games. And then I said, you know, Jack... The Oilers, Connor McDavid has not drawn a penalty in the last eight playoff games, if you include the play-in series with, with Chicago. And he looked at me like I had four heads. He's like, are you kidding me? Are you telling me the best player in the world? hasn't drawn. I go, I'm telling you, he's been tackled, and they won't call a penalty. So he brought it up, because uh, I had a fellow by the name of Trent that uh, sends me stuff, media stuff, from different markets, and, and he brought it up during the Boston broadcast about the fact that they've got, you know, here's a guy that's the most electrifying, exciting player in the world. Louie, in that building last, like Connor was on it last night, in that building last night, those fans were ooing and aahing as he was, like, the other. Had three two-on-ones with Connor in the first two periods, where he he created all three of the two-on-ones, and he elected not to shoot on them. And so when you got a, the Boston broadcaster and Jack Edwards, who you know you know it's a Boston broadcast when you're listening to Jack Edwards, you know like he's saying it. But then then here you got ESPN, Louis, and John Tartarella, and he's like, shut up. He's saying McDavid should shut up. And I'm like, he said like one thing ever. Then I'm thinking John Tortorella. Like, you know, John, you know, oh, yeah, you can yeah. shut him down. Your five-man units can shut him down. Well, you didn't shut him down when you were coaching Columbus. He lit you up for fun. So I, I had to, and John's entitled to his opinion. I want everybody to know well. that. But it's interesting <laughs> the perspectives out there, isn't it, Louie?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the coach in them thinks that, you know, they always are trying to you know, think of a way to shut down a player like McDavid. So obviously he's going to think as a coach, but, you know, I disagree with Torts. I had him as a coach. I love Torts And I think he really is misread a lot of times. I mean, in the dressing room, he was a great guy and I think he sticks up for his players, but at the same time for him to say that Connor should shut up. I'm sorry. It's not time to shut up anymore. This is the best place. This is the face of the game right now. If anybody thinks any different than they haven't been watching what's going on in the last five, six years. So you know what? He's the face of the game right now. They need to protect him a little bit better. That's all. And, and I'm, when I say they, I'm talking about the league. And the officials, for whatever reason, um, just seem to turn an eye when something happens to him on the ice. And you know what? It's just unacceptable. That's the only word I can use to, to describe it, and it needs to be better, period.
0: This text comes in saying Connor should trip the ref what
1: yeah you know and and here's the thing like i under for me that communication you go over have a chat with an official you see guys do it all the time i mean he has that clout he could certainly go over have a little conversation you know sometimes you know what just being a little more personable makes him human and you know what it just because i think To be honest, what has happened here, Bob, is the fact that they look at it and say, you know, we could call a penalty every shift on this guy. Well, then do it. And then teams will change, and they won't hook and grab and trip them as much as they have, and that's the only way there's going to be change stimulated in the game when it comes to Connor. And all the great players have gone through this. I mean, Sidney Crosby back in the day. Look at how much he whined and was on the referees, and you know, yeah, he, but couldn't he whined. Help. Connor he couldn't, doesn't whine. You know, that's the well. Point here's the this. thing: he couldn't help but contain himself. You know, he was because he was. You got to remember, uh, the, the best players in the game. You know this, and everybody sometimes forgets they got this. the best player. They're the most competitive players in the game. They want it all. They want everything. They understand every little tiny thing that's going on in the game. And when they get shafted, so to speak, in that way with with no call, it's like, you know what? They just they, – it, it really does – have an impact on them. And I think Connor's been keeping it in for a long time, but maybe it's time for another outburst. I mean, I don't want to see that. I just want to see them do their job. How about that? I just want to see them do their job and do it well, and and then we wouldn't be having this conversation.
0: Uh, one more thing. Uh, the, for the texter that mentioned tripping the ref, there's a prominent player that did that. You can get in big Ar- trouble for that. Arguably, the best player ever to come out of the Medicine Hat Tigers. And remember, Lanny McDonald came out of the Medicine Hat Tigers and is a Hockey Hall of Famer. This guy had a great NHL career and was a star in a sunbelt market before we used terms like sunbelt market. But he tripped the ref once, and that tarnished the perception of his career. Passed away a few years ago. His daughter is married to Justin Braun. We're talking about Tom Lysiak, who was a terrific player in the 1970s for the Atlanta uh, Flames back in the day. So there's your useless stop for trivia there has
1: to be a respect factor there, Bob. And listen, I had my run-ins with officials. I'm not going to lie. I had my run-ins with linesmen, you know, trying to pull me out of a pile because I was a physical player. I was looking for trouble and they usually had a magnet on me, especially in junior. They come and grab me before the scrum even started. I always thought that was just, you know what used to bother me because now someone in that scrum could be, someone could be taking a Liberty on that person and they're more worried about me than what's happening in the scrum. And, you know, I, so it's a love-hate relationship, let's just put it that way, with officials for me. Now, I I didn't get the benefit of the doubt when it came to calls. If I did something, I got called every time because it was an easy call for an official to make on me, and I understand that, being the role that I was. But on the reverse side of it, I'm looking at it from a different perspective now in Connor's case. and. I got to tell you, it's disgusting. I, I just don't like it. And it, it's, it's tiring for me that we have to continually talk about this and the fact that they haven't. And I'm not sure what the answer is. I really don't know at this point in time because I know the Oilers have pushed back. They've sent video in. Dave um, Tippett, for him to come out and actually say something, even a little bit about it, you can tell it's starting to frustrate him even more. And I don't know. It's just it's one of those things that's taking on a life of its own, and I think they should nip it in the bud.
0: All right, this text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. The incredible Connor and McDavid goal a couple games ago got the NHL more media coverage than they probably had in years. Why do they shoot themselves in the foot and not allow the best players to play? It's beyond me, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Switching focus, Louie. Second of a back-to-back. Jack Michaels tweeting out earlier today. 15-4 and four under Dave Tippett in the second of back-to-backs. Do you have any theories why? I don't, but I think that if I had to take
1: a stab at it, I just think it would be, you hear players talk about coming into that second game, you're you're in such game mode, and as an ex-player, I understand that. When you're traveling, like you said, you get in last night, you go right to sleep because you're tired, you wake up in the morning, you're feeding the body, you're getting a little stretch or a walk-in, you're going back to the room, you're sleeping for a bit, you're jumping on the bus, and you're playing a game. There's not a whole lot of time to get distracted from the game mentality, and I think that's what it is. I know we talk a lot about the physical nature of a back-to-back, but come on, these guys are in pretty darn good shape, and, they, and it's not that big of a deal. I have never felt that physically, and I didn't play the minutes that a darn nurse plays, so obviously the guys that play elevated minutes like him and grinding hard minutes are going to feel that impact a little bit more. But they're completely capable of just ratcheting it up and playing at that standard again. And then for, for me, it's the mental aspect of it, though. It's the fact that you even heard Miko Koskinen say, you know, a lot of times in the back-to-back, the second game's easier because you're just in that mindset. Plus, I think it's really hard not to understand or not to... Um, Bury in your mind that you are playing the next night, so you've always got that in the back of your mind. You get off the ice after a game, you go into the dressing room, you have a little bite to eat there, you eat again on the plane, you re- rehydrate. You're you're 100% focusing on that next game, and there's zero distractions. And I think that's what it is. Plus, the system that Dave Tippett implements, he he, he implements the same system whether it's a back-to-back or a first game in a week. You want to come out and play the same way every day. I think that's been the message from Dave Tippett since he took over. It's your identity, the way you're trying to play. This game's still a work in progress, in my opinion. Um, you know, I liked their start last night. They, they got scored on first, but I liked the response, and I thought it was one of their best first periods of the year, and they followed that over in the second and then really pushed in the third, which I thought was, you know, the way they had to go about business against the Boston Bruins. Um, they're going to need to do that against a very encourageable bunch in, in Buffalo again, it's team that really does remind me of Detroit in the sense that they know where they are, they know what's going on there, they're rebuilding, they're trying to find the right pieces, just traded their, their absolute star. Um, there's a lot of things going on there, so they will be motivated and hungry, and guys are fighting for jobs and ice time and position, and that can be a dangerous team, so they have to be ready out of the gates
0: again. Well, I got Cousins, who's got a chance to be a legitimate second-line center in the NHL. Rossman Dalling, those guys are already here right now. Owen Power, first-round number one pick this year at Michigan. Isaac Rosen, 14th overall pick. Edmontonians are going to see him in the World Juniors of Sweden. Jack Quinn's going to come up at some 8th overall pick in 2020. Uh, and Peyton Krebs, who they picked up from Vegas as well. Even Paterka. Uh, who they got uh, in the second round looked great with that German team playing on the line with Stutzla a year ago at the World Juniors. Oh, by the way, they got Alex Tuck as well and Victor Olafson. So they've got some players. They don't have that heavy – they don't have that McDavid or even an Eichel-type player, but they've got a lot of other really nice contributing pieces. They're just not all here right now, Louis.
1: No, I agree, and, and you know, that's the thing, though. They're, they're a team that obviously has had to suffer some – some bad years. You know, you look at it; they haven't made the playoffs in nine, ten years now. Um, it's it's it hasn't a while. been so. For me, with that pain and suffering, though, and we talked about this with Detroit, you get high picks, you get the pick of the litter, and you get better, higher quality young players coming into your organization. They did have a Jack Eichel. Now, that didn't work out, and to be honest with you, I'm still scratching my head how that whole scenario worked its way out. I don't know why the surgery wasn't done earlier. He probably would have been back playing by now if that would have happened, but That's here and there. I I can't talk or speak of what Kevin Adams and the Buffalo Sabres were thinking at that time, to be honest with you. If a player wants a certain surgery, I just don't understand why they wouldn't have said, okay, you know what? Let's get this done, see what happens. It didn't. Can't do anything about it now he's a Vegas Golden Knight and they've got some good players back for him, I agree, but not the best player in the deal. Sorry. When he gets healthy and comes back and starts playing the way Jack Eichel can play, you're gonna know right away who won that deal. It's gonna be the Vegas Golden Knights in my opinion. Now but the Buffalo Sabres are going a different direction. They have a young, very um up and coming team. They have more prospects, the cupboards are full. And now you just have to see where the cards fall and put these pieces together and see what you have and then build around that. The future is bright. It's been a lot of pain, as I said, for them. But I don't know. They're playing pretty hard this year. I watched a few of their games this year and just studying for this game tonight. And they don't relent. They're they're, they're very similar, I think, to the Detroit Red Wings in the sense that they just go out there and play. And they want to play hard. And they're going to continue to play for 60 minutes. And uh, for Edmonton, they just have to be ready for
0: that. Louis, you got four or five texts that have come in today just to wrap up. People uh, giving you credit and acknowledging the fact on a couple goals against that Jake was on the ice for. Uh, I believe one by Hyman and then one by CeCe. You recognize that, uh, I forget which one of the two, uh, in the video recap that I saw last night with yours and Jack's calls that uh, DeBrus got beat there. That can't be an easy situation and people recognize <laughs> it. So.
1: Yeah, you know, Alan May texted me last night and said, how painful was it, Is it for you to say blows around DeBrus there. CeCe makes a nice move on the line, which it was a great move by Kobe CeCe. I got to give him credit. But I said to him, I said, I almost vomited on the air. Like, it was hard for me to say that, but I had to say it. But you know what? Listen, that, that's part of it. I thought Heimann made a real power move after Paul yards. It's like a bowling ball took two guys down in the corner. And i up and said, hey, I've got a clear lane here. Jake was the winger on that side, came right down into the corner, took a swipe at him, but that's just a really good move by Hyman. The second one, though, he's probably going to take some flack for that today. As a winger, and I played wing when you come out in a defenseman, and trust me, I had a few try, try sticking with Brian Leach, when he wants to go around you from the blue line, I'm telling you what, it was unbelievable. he was a ghost. He would disappear and then all of a sudden be in the slot. And it was almost impossible to stay with him. So it does happen, but I know that Jake wouldn't be happy with that either. He wants to be a little stronger on that play. But you got you got to credit Cody Ceci. I thought it was his best game of the year for the Edmonton yep. Oilers. And he made a beautiful pass onto the tape of Leon Drysdale in front, and he jammed that home. That's something that we don't necessarily expect from Cody Ceci, but it's certainly in his toolbox from time to time to do that, and that was the perfect moment to do it.
0: Louie, great stuff. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. Sounds good, Bob. Take care. That is Louis Dubras for GCL Diesel. Bob Stoffer with you along with Cody Jansen. When we come back, we'll get to the Oilers Now injury report. This is Oilers Now live from Buffalo, New York. I'm starting to think he might be the most underrated player in the NHL. I mean, there's so much focus on Connor McDavid. Dry says leading the league in goals, leading the league in uh, points, second in the league in plus minus. He's the only top end player in the world that's uh, like a top 10 scoring type player that plays three three versus uh, five when the orders are two men down. He's a pretty good player. Into the Oilers Now injury report brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Back in the 630 Chet Studios, here's Cody Jansen. Well, the Oilers got three big ones. Devin Shorey's on IR for the next four to six weeks. Mike Smith went back to Edmonton. His status still day-to-day. Zach Cassian also out short-term with a lower body injury. For Buffalo tonight, Victor Olofsson won't dress for the Sabres. He's got an undisclosed injury. Casey Middle stats, still day-to-day with an upper body injury, and Craig Anderson also out tonight. Yeah, that means Dustin Tukarski starts in goal. Now, you can follow Oilers now on a great road trip to the city of Seattle to watch Edmonton play the Kraken. This package includes a great game day ticket. Welcome reception with yours truly, plus special guests. And you get a chance to see the Seahawks host the 49ers on Sunday night football. For the Oilers now Seattle road trip, call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. We do have Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta coming up today at 105 but not before we head off to a global news weather traffic update with eileen bell
1: oilers now with bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on oilers radio 6:30. chad